I thought I was going to have to start that countdown over because it didn't go live yet, but it went live right on time. So this is Rob Foster with episode number 242 of Shut Up and Grind. If you are brand new to this show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about to find the odds. And I bring on guests from all over the world, from six different continents. We're heard in 45 different countries. And we're here for you to help you clear whatever obstacles are blocking your path from what it is you really want to get out of this life. And so if you're joining me over on Facebook, please like and share because you don't want to keep all this good information to yourself. If you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. And if you have no idea what any of this is about, I challenge you to stay to the end. We're talking about a very important topic today. And it's about how to take care of your body during grief. So as a fitness coach, I see this all the time. Most people don't come to me because they're in a great place and they're feeling good about themselves. Usually they're coming off a divorce. They're coming off of loss. They're coming off of losing a long-term job slash career. Their, their businesses went under. So people are typically coming off of something bad, which led to dangerous habits that they were doing to themselves physically. So... I stumbled upon someone who deals with this very subject, and she had her own share of heartbreak that she had to overcome as well. So helping me with this conversation is Dr. Katie Branter. Hello. Good afternoon. How's everything going? Good. It's morning here, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. Vancouver's on the other side of Canada. Well, I'm on right? the island, so I'm literally the farthest point on the west of Canada. Gotcha. Okay, so good morning for you. Yeah, good, good afternoon for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. So are you born and raised in Canada? Yes. Awesome. What, what do you like about living there? Well, I live in the most beautiful place in Canada. People flock here because it's, um, it's yeah, it's God's country. I mean, they call it that because the trees, the mountains, I'm right on the ocean. Mm. Um yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, Canada's changed. So uh, do I like some of the policies that are coming out of Canada right now? Not quite. But uh, do I love the country? Yes. And and my whole family's here. So, I mean, we have our share of that here with uh, some, non, some nonsensical policies. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'll just stick to doing my show, inspiring as many people as Yay! I can across this planet. And then we'll let those people. Me too. With I'm with stuff. you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right. So. We're talking about how to take care of your physical body during grief. And I know this is near and dear to your heart. So let us know what you endured. Yeah, so uh, it's been in September. It'll be, well, September 18th was six years that I lost my son. He was 15. Oh my um, we found him in his bed. And um, at the time, I had a two and a half year old and a stepdaughter. We were all living in the same house. And, um, oh, God, I mean... It, yeah, let's just say it's mo every mother's nightmare. Um, yes. And so I, it's interesting because, you know, this is such a good topic because I was so sick before he died. I was burnt out from my work. I, I, I take care of people for a living. So, yes. and then I have a daughter and a son who's struggling and um, stepdaughter who needs my attention and who I love. Um, but you know, you're as a mom, you're, you're, you're always giving and then my profession's giving. And so um, we had just moved into a new house. Our old house was moldy and I was literally dealing with mold toxicity. Um, wow. And being someone who's always been kind of like vital and always an athlete, I've always played lots of sports and I kind of, I, I, my health just went down. And then after he died, I, some days I couldn't even walk. Um, and I, and I had to get up and, and, and be there for my daughter. It was really, really hard. 
And being a naturopathic doctor, doctor of naturopathic medicine, I'm a licensed ND here um, in, in BC. I had a lot of tools, but I mean, some of the tools don't even, you know, they don't, they don't touch you at the beginning. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's, it's so much trauma and we had endured a lot of trauma the year before he died in 2015 was a big trauma year for um, my family, my sisters in particular. And so my body was already in fight or flight and, you know, I was, yeah, I was just not in a good place. Um, let's, let's, walk through that. I mean, I don't want you to, to relive what happened, but right in the aftermath, like those initial feelings, because I always tell people, and just like it says above us, your true power li- lies in your story. You know, like how did, how did you immediately, like, what were you processing? Like, how were you processing? I should, I should say, and trying to stay focused on your career and your other two children. Yeah. Well, I quit my practice. Okay. <laughs> um, so I could focus on my healing for a year. I quit it for a year. Um, so I could be there for my daughter and focus on my healing. That was one of the hardest decisions I've ever, I mean, I had patients booked that Monday and he died on a Sunday, you know, it was, it was like that. Um, I had a full practice. And so I, I, I just, I actually, it's interesting, subconsciously showed up for myself. Um, I did a lot of walking, Mm. a lot of walking. So, cause we have a forest right by our new house. Uh, Well, it's not new anymore, but it was new at the time. And so I made sure to get out in nature and walk and ground some of these feelings because the feelings are so big and my body was so um, traumatized that at the beginning, I just, I did the basics like, okay, you know, make sure you're feeding yourself, nourishing yourself, make sure you're walking, um, drank way too much wine for the first little bit, um, but that didn't last. I got sober pretty quickly. And, and just kind of let myself feel what I needed to feel, knowing that um, the person I am is uh, someone with a lot of grit, resilience, and strength, and that I would be able to tap into that at some point soon, um, which happened. It just took a little while. So you said something very important there, that you allowed yourself to feel what you needed to feel, right? Explain what that means to you. <laughs> Yeah, this is so big. Um, So I've been, we lost my father when I was six. So I I know grief and we've lost many people in my family. So I'm not one of those people who hasn't been through anything. I I had been through a lot already. Um, And I knew, and I know from my practice and from who I am, that if we allow the emotions to get stuck in our bodies, that um, it can make us sick. And because I was already sick, I was like, if I don't process this grief, I am screwed. So, (laughs) so um yeah, I found a lot of really amazing tools and I surrounded myself with people I felt really safe with to be able to um, like, you know, it's the lion's lost her cub cry, like yes. those types of sobbing, you know, um, I had to happen with people I felt safe with. And a lot of that happened, um, falling to the ground, bawling, allowing myself to just, um, yeah. And then also take a break from the grief. Like yes. you can't be in it all the time. And I couldn't, you know, my daughter would come up to me and be like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My husband's calling me. Um, <laughs> my daughter would be, um, yeah, mama, don't cry. And can you imagine like just the, and, you know, meanwhile, my other child, I, I lost my other child. And so it was really one of those, like, actually, sweetheart, it's okay if mama cries. Yes. I'm modeling emotional intelligence and emotional 
release and not not getting stuck in it though i there's there's a really fine line between getting stuck in the sorrow um and feeling your emotions as they come through like a tsunami right it's like they come grief comes as a tsunami but eventually it comes down and so um really tapping in and tuning into my emotional body what i started to notice which is so interesting is i would experience a lot of anxiety before a wave of grief and if I hadn't known any better, I would think, oh, I'm dealing with a GAD, like a generalized anxiety disorder or something. But no, it was the grief showing itself and asking me to be present to it. And then I'd feel it. And then I'd have some reprieve. Yes. So that's what I mean. Yeah. I, you know, like we were talking a little bit before we went live about when I lost my dad. And yeah. even now, even though I've, I've come to a place of acceptance, there are still days where it hits me. You know, and I just let it let it happen. And yeah. then, you know, I'm able to move on from it. I think a lot of people get stuck is because they have a problem with this word called weakness. I know. And this other word called vulnerability. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's like I've done I've done full episodes on both. And those things are two of the biggest myths out there. Is, and especially being a man, how people always say men, men shouldn't cry. And it's like, then why, why do we have tear ducts? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you say that because it's so, it's such an exercise. And, you know, after my father died, I think we all kind of bucked up and we were strong. We did what we needed to do um, to survive, quote unquote, emotionally. But we ended up becoming um, kind of uh, too strong, right? You're like too strong. Well, I think there's strength and vulnerability. There's strength in being able to emote. It's hard. Yeah. Feeling is hard. Yep. (laughs) And we're so not true. taught how to do that in school. And we really should be teaching this, this uh, how to be human. And a part of being human is being able to feel your emotions so that you can move through them and not live in them, right? Yes. We want to be emotion, energy in motion. Um, yeah. Love that. So now you also use the term that I've also done a couple episodes on, and that's emotional intelligence. You know, so it's explain what that means to you. Yeah. So I think it's, um, I mean, I think some, some of us have a higher, um, EI or like, you know, EQ than other people, um, just because of who we are as souls. Um, but I think it's also something that we can learn. And I think it's, 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 it's actually just consciousness and awareness around, um, around our emotional experience as a human being. And so empathy is one of those skills that we can grow as, as, yeah, as humans and, and being able to feel what other people are feeling and being able to feel what we're feeling and honor that and, and know that that's an important part of the human experience. Yeah. And, and just to add on to that is we got to stop letting other people tell us how to feel. Thank you. You know, it's like, Thank we, you. like these are my feelings. These are my yeah. emotions. And <laughs> when, I, when I'm working with, with people, because aside from fitness, I help people create stories from their whatever it is they've gone through. I love and, that. And I, I always tell people, you know, you can feel what you feel. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with that feeling? Because yeah. yeah. you can keep it inside and let it destroy you further than the actual pain itself did. Or you can take that, find the teachable moments in it, and then share it so other people can get some healing from your own story. You got it right there. Like it's, I mean, 
like I was telling you earlier, I just started sharing about my story about my son on TikTok just July. I just, I mean, it just, mm. and I happened to just fall into that because another TikToker lost a child and I saw some stupid comments that were bothering me. So I started to, to share my story. Oh my goodness. I mean, it was, for me, it was, it was unbelievably healing. And, and then all the other moms on there and dads that were like, I lost a child and this is what I've gone through. And you know, every, all of a sudden, everyone feels like they're not alone. Exactly. That's the key. And sharing and in, in, in the sharing of the story, it is no longer about you. Yeah. You know, when you keep it about you, that's when, when you stay in that, that hamster wheel, that hamster wheel of, of emotions. Yeah. But once you start putting it out there, as I said, like this particular show, I mean, we have viewers in 45 different countries listeners, I should say, 45 different countries. So it's like that one story that we're telling today is going to reach thousands of people. And so to not share your story, you know, people hate it when I say this, but it's kind of selfish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the reasons I just want to touch on this a little bit, because I think it's a really important piece is one of the reasons I never shared how my son died and what happened was because I felt um, like I had failed as a mother. Um, it still gets me a little bit and I've done a lot of work on that. Um, but I understand why people don't share their story. There's so much judgment out there and so many, um, people just don't understand the ins and outs of, you know, all the details of what you've been through and what, who you are, um, as a heart centered being. So I just shared that I shared how he died on TikTok, and it was really vulnerable. I, I got a comment that was really cruel. Um, and I actually responded with love and compassion because um, I really understand that not everybody has gotten to the point where they can be conscious about the energy they spread. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be, have done the work and, and continue to do the work so that I can be a human being who um, can hold space and, and respond to nastiness and judgment in a loving and compassionate way. Um, so telling your story is important. It's just I understand why people don't sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So just to, again, just to, to piggyback off of that. I tell people, you don't tell your story to please the haters, <laughs> no. right? You tell, you tell your story because <laughs> there's someone that's at the edge of their rope and your story can save their life. Oh my God. It's like when you, thousand when, percent. You, when you reframe it that way, when I get up here and every, sometimes on the live feed, you know, comments will come through mainly from YouTube. I, I feel like YouTube is just loaded with, with haters and some ignorant yeah. comments will come and I'll just simply delete it and block the person. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't deserve no. an ounce of my energy. Yeah. Not, not an ounce. Cause that's, that's all they're looking to do. They're looking to disrupt. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, you're not my target audience. If you hate everything I just said, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. And learning to be, have resilience and strength in that. Like, I think when you've just lost someone or you're in that total trauma, sort of, I am my, you know, my adrenals are a mess and I'm a, like, I'm a disaster. It's hard to be able to um, deflect that and have yeah. the strength within to like, I didn't until recently, honestly, like yeah. I'm one of those people who's super sensitive. I'm loving, I'm generous of heart and I couldn't handle it. And I have just recently gotten a thicker skin and been like, I can handle it to inspire and help others. Um, yes. and so that's, that's a big piece of that too, of this healing is like, um, developing our inner strength. 
right? It's, 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 you know, I have developed such an inner strength that maybe I wouldn't have if I hadn't lost my son. I don't know. I would have just kept on giving myself away and working too much. And, um, See, I just want want to jump on that too, because that, what you just said is huge. It's huge. Maybe I wouldn't have developed this if I hadn't lost my son. I know. I want to cry thinking about it. I mean, it sounds crazy, but. Well, my, my niece, she, she lost her two-year-old son. I I believe this was in early 2021, two years old. And now she's, she's getting into, into speaking. She actually, I actually brought her on the podcast to tell, to tell her, her story. And she's getting into speaking and she's taking care of herself better. And, and she's like, you know, Noah's gone. He's not coming back. Yeah. So I have to figure out why this happened. And she's like, so, so maybe this happened so I can focus on being an inspiration for other people. Totally. I mean, I did the artist way. My sister bought it for me in the Christmas after he died, after Mateo died. And that was the first thing that showed up was you're supposed to be an inspirational speaker. And I laughed in my guide's faces. I, I was like, what? <laughs> inspirational, what? Like, I am shy. I'm introverted. I do one-on-ones. I'm fine. And this is where it's led me. It's leading me. Finally, I'm saying yes. So I totally, I feel the same thing. It's, I have so much to share. And, and, and it's really about sharing our hearts too. Uh, you know, this whole aspect of like, you know, this theory of Kintsugi, right? It's like our, our, the Japanese art of restoration. It's like our hearts are broken, but it, it, it's our choice what we fill it back with. Do we yes. want to fill it with gold or do we want to fill it with black soot? You know, it's like, do I want to be resentful and bitter or do I want to be loving and compassionate and, and help others move through the challenging times in, in life? I'm still alive. I mean, I'm here. Mateo's not here, but I am. Yes. So I need to make that choice every single day to actually be here on this planet, put my two feet here and make a difference. Absolutely. And I, I always say, too, with with loss, you know, you just have to truly believe that that person can still see you. Yeah, they can. You know, and just and just when you're in those moments, that's where you lean in. Like I have a picture of, of my dad right here. Like I have his yeah. his obituary on on the dashboard in my car. And it's like, when I just get in those moments and it's like, what would he say if he were here right now? Yeah. You know? And you, like, I just lean into those moments. It's so, and yeah, are there days where I wish I, I could hear his voice, where I wish I could give him a hug or hear his, his funny one-liners? Of course, <laughs> right? Of course. But, but for, for me, he, I was 45 when he passed. So there are people out there who never knew their father. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. when, when you look at grief from a place of gratitude, I'm sure there's somewhere, I'm sure there's many places in those 15 years that you had your son where you can look back and be like, you know what? That was pretty kick-ass. Oh my God. So many. <laughs> I mean, we were super close. Him and I were like two peas in a pod. It was hilarious. And he was <laughs> like, it, it was, of course I had him for 15 years. You know, I have a good friend who lost her daughter at eight months. She didn't get yeah. to have a life with her daughter. You know, I didn't yeah. get to have a life with my father, but I did have six years. It's like, we're here to, to grow as souls again, right? This is yes. why we're here. So if I'm here to grow as a soul, loss is going to be part of my growth. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of the hardest things we go through as humans. And it's part of life. It's true. All right. So you said that, so you're a naturopathic doctor. So so you were already in this field when this yeah, happened I, I, with, with your son? Yeah, I've been in it in the field for 15 years now. So I've been a licensed ND. I don't know if you guys have licensing in New York, but we have it in BC. Um, so I'm considered a doctor, primary care physician here in, in BC. So I was seeing patients every day um, at the time. Yeah. 
Okay. So how has your, I don't want to say your mindset, but just like how has how you approach what you do changed since the passing of your son? Oh my God. So I'm way more energetic and spiritual in my practice. Nice. Like it's, it's like I can feel, yeah. Like I, I was telling you earlier that I just became certified in Akashic records readings and I didn't really understand what all that stuff was because our profession is very like IVs and uh, supplements and nutrition and fitness and, um, and kind of poo poos on the more spiritual energetic side, which is actually what I've always really, I'm into both. I'm into functional medicine mm-hmm. and, and yes. I've always been an athlete. So I had all that as well. Um, but the spiritual side and, and my heart has cracked open. Mm, I love that. So I want I want to touch on that a little. It's not necessarily spiritual, but I think it's related. So I coached track and field for a while, and now I was a, a jumper sprinter. I, I shouldn't say was at, at forty eight. I'm still doing it. <laughs> but, Amazing. <laughs> but back then, so I started coaching, and now one of our throwers, she was a strong, strong young woman, strong, and I just felt like she should be able to throw further than she was throwing. Mm. Now, I I know nothing about the shot put, but I know about the human mind. Mm -hmm. And so I called her over. I was like, what is is your your goal throw? She's like, I I don't know. I'm like, then why are you throwing? Like, if you don't have a target, why are you throwing? So she's like, I don't know, 33 feet. And I was like, all right, where is that? And again, she's like, what do you mean? How far is 34 feet? Like, show me. Or 33 feet. So she gets the tape measure, goes over, measures it (laughs) out, said, all right. I'm like, now put a piece of tape out there. And so she puts a piece of tape out there. I said, now get in position and hit the tape, right? So she comes back and she got close on the first one. She was about maybe maybe mm-hmm. five to six inches away. On the second throw, she passed it by about six inches. Like, I, didn't, I didn't change anything about her, her shot put form. I, wow. I didn't know about the role. I didn't know about any of that stuff. All I said was remove your limitation because yeah. <laughs> right yeah. now you think you can't do it. And I think as people are grieving – it's the same thing. It's like they don't want to face it because they're afraid of reliving what happened rather than analyze what happened and analyze how you moved on from it, package that information and share it so other people can follow your blueprint. A thousand percent. I think, you know, I think one of the things that people get stuck in is the fear of the pain, right? Like it's going to be so intense that I won't be able to handle it. The truth is that we are designed to handle this. We're human. We're not, you know, our consciousness lives on, but our human bodies never do. Yeah. So we're designed to be, to be able to move through this. I think one of the issues is that we don't have a good grief um, culture. We don't, we don't have a lot. I mean, maybe in New Orleans they do. um, (laughs) Right. But we don't, we don't have that sort of spiritual aspect of loss. We've kind of lost that piece of things. And I think, that there's comfort in that, you know, um, I read a lot of books after Mateo died, uh, conversations with God, and that gave me comfort, like knowing, oh, his consciousness is, is, uh, he's so there. I mean, every time I saw a hummingbird, I knew it was him. Mm. Um, it was totally his energy. And like, he contacts me in certain ways, I can feel it, I can hear him, you know, it's just, but I've opened myself up to it. And when I'm in the depth of my grief, I can't hear him. Yes. So it's it's interesting how how that needs to change. I think the our culture around grief. Yeah, a, a quote I say on this show all the time is, "You can't put out the fire if you're in the fire." Yeah. <laughs> so right. Right. <laughs> how <laughs> you are can't. you supposed to do that? Like, it's just impossible. <laughs> yeah. So like w- when I'm helping people piece through 
their their stories. Like I had, had a woman, she's in around, she's around my age now, I think. But in her, I think she was 20 or 21, where her first love committed suicide in front of her. And she she just didn't she just didn't know how to how to go there. And so we met up for like an hour. And you know, I had her take me through it piece by piece. And it was very emotional for her. But she was able to get through it. You know, and then when it came time for her presentation, she couldn't do it. <laughs> but but just yeah, okay. but in going through the process though, we were able to pluck out teachable moments that she didn't know were there because she kept herself in the fire. So so now I'm like in time you have this info if you're ready I said find find a support group where you can go and start sharing the story and then the more you share you get comfortable sharing. Like shortly after my father died, I was on I think five or six other podcasts and I was on a TV segment and I couldn't get through it without getting choked up. Yeah. You know, and sometimes now, depending how deep into the story I go, sometimes now I'll have to pause for a second, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, let, I know. It, let the moment pass. But like I've told it now so many times and I have the teachable moments and I can throw in funny things that that he said along the way or funny things that my mother said along the way. And it's just turned into like an entire journey, not just that my dad died. Here's how he died. You know, so like when you get that deep into the story, that's where you actually move people and you transform people. That's absolutely the truth because it's a human experience. Yes. Right. Yes. We're all having the human experience. Absolutely. So you had mentioned that you started writing a book. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I mean, who, who doesn't want to write their book? I, I mean, <laughs> I guess not everybody, but um, I've been called to do that for a long time and, um, and speak as well. And I just, I, you know, my physical body hasn't really allowed me to get out in the world. I, and, and I'm retreating. I have been retreating a little bit. I'm, I'm just yeah. starting to get out there. So I started writing my memoirs, uh, the, the memory of Matteo dying, the, the, you know, and I literally got to the part where we had his celebration of life. And then I, I it was so much processing and integration of this is what I went through um, that I had to pause, but I'm, I'm planning on finishing it. I'm hoping before the end of December, oh, nice. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, pick a name for it yet? Um, I have a couple of different names. I'm thinking anatomy of a mother's grief or uh, rise through love, which is a movement that I'm starting at a healing group for mothers who have lost children um, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's talk about that rise through love. What, obviously I, I know what moves you to, to start it, but what, what pushed you to actually get it done? Yeah. Rise through love is so interesting because originally last year when I was like, I, I had had this, this idea of like helping young adults and helping them develop life skills. Like, you know, when I'm talking life skills, I mean like the emotional intelligence piece, the empathy, all that stuff, self-regulation tools, um, and I started it and something just stopped me in its tracks. Like I was doing videos. I was paying a videographer. We were getting the course done. We had a website, everything. Um, and then I realized that um, y- young adults have to go through what they have to go through. And um, I, so I paused for about six months. I have a lot of young adults in my life, um, which is what inspired me. Young, My nieces who were with me when we found my son too and um, but what I found was that they, they actually just need to go through what they're going through. Um, and, and we, as we go, grow, we learn and that the rise through love movement was, was about grief and healing from grief. 
um, and helping other moms uh, because there's really, you know, there's really a lack of support, I think, for moms who have lost children. Like there's there's some support groups, but not no, nothing specifically to really help them heal. Yes. Right. I mean, when I, there's support groups or, and healing, you know, telling your story heals, but only to a certain extent, then yeah. you need to actually like move into, then you need to move into some healing energetically, spiritually, soulfully. And so I'm just putting that together literally tomorrow. I, I've had requests from a bunch of women on TikTok and um, we're going to be putting that together tomorrow. So I'm going to be running a weekly, probably moving into the Akashic records so that we can kind of, it's really about healing the heart. And it's rising, it's about rising through love for ourselves and then radiating out to the, to the world. Because often we can get stuck in, we can close our hearts after we lose our children. It's just, it's too much a lot of the time. And so it's time for us to rise. And how, what's the energy that we want to rise through? Well, love, obviously. And, and love, you know, that doesn't mean like just intimate love or it means love for the human experience, love for the grief, love for ourselves, love for all of it. Yes. Love that. Going back to what you said earlier about being in nature, like that's always my outlet as well. If, uh, you know, cause I'm human, like everyone else, there were days yeah. where you get overwhelmed and fortunately, I live by a state park here, and I'm actually in Rhode Island, not, not oh, Rhode Island, but uh, it's all right. <laughs> I was actually born in New York, so you aren't that far off. But um, <laughs> and and I, like I'll just put on my headphones and I'll just go for this like a just like a three mile loop around, mm. and like I'll just go, just put on some some music or or just like a a video, or sometimes I'll, I'll listen to a past podcast episode of mine, and I just go walk and just and just breathe yeah. and just breathe. And that that helps because that keeps you from turning to the more destructive forms. Yeah. You know, which as you know, you know, there's drugs, there's alcohol, yeah, there's you know, pornography, like there's there's so, so many so many you addictive know. things that you can get into that can just lead to to further damaging things. <laughs> you know? I, know. You know? I know. So so for for me, like back to what you were saying that that telling telling your, your story it can definitely help you heal because I'm no doctor. I'm no therapist. Hell, I'm a college dropout, right? This is just stuff. Oh, well. This is just stuff that I picked up along the way in my 48 years yeah. that, that the mind controls a lot. You know, I, I first started learning that through athletics, you know, like people come out, Oh, that person's the best in the state. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't have to beat them. They're going to beat me. And that's just how I've always approached life. Even getting into business thinking I don't have, I don't have a degree. I don't have this. I don't have that. It's like, oh, but, wow. I, but I spent 20 years as a restaurant manager. So it's like, I learned a whole lot of stuff already. Then I just traveled the country and learned marketing. I learned branding. I learned how to get media exposure. You know, it's like, I learned all those things that I needed to know. And then just the more I started working with people, well, actually where it really came to the forefront was in 2020 when everything shut down and I started joining masterminds just to keep myself busy. And I was like, people are really bad at introducing themselves. Yes. <laughs> like really, really bad. Really so bad. I, so I created a program to address it. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, called, it's called Speak About Yourself Out Loud. <laughs> That's you know? so smart. See? Yeah, let me show you the uh show you the quick graphic of it here. I love it. That's so great. See? <laughs> yeah, using your life stories. So Oh my god. You know, and and every everyone everyone has something in their mental arsenal that somebody out there needs to hear. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a bit more about how you work with people. How can people find you? If you have any offerings you, that uh, you have? Yeah. Um, well, I have a website. There's It's risethroughlove.com or drkatiebranter.com. And it has a lot of my offerings on there. Um, I do Akashic Records readings or Akashic Records programs. So I'm a guide. So I can guide people through three months, six month programs. Um, I customize the programs for people. Um, I am a naturopathic doctor in my province, so I do that, but it's not really the, my focus these days. Um, but I am, I am seeing patients, um, but I would rather really focus on the Akashic work. I'm on TikTok, which is- What is uh, that? What is that? Sorry. What? The, uh, uh, I can't pronounce oh, it. Oh, Akashic were... Records. <laughs> Akashic Records. Yeah. Good. I'm so glad you asked. I'm wondering when you're going to ask. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, it, it's basically- um, the library of your soul. So it's, it's like, we're pulling out your book. Gotcha. We're tapping into your book and then we move, we move through the blocks and we move through a lot of past life stuff. So if you don't believe in past lives, eh, probably not the best thing for you. Um, but, uh, most of us have lived thousands of lives. And now that I've done hundreds of them, I'm like, Whoa, that's where the juice lies in deep transformational healing. Cause we okay. carry forth imprints from our past lives that we're living now. And it shows up in the patterns of how we're doing things. And so as you clear that, you start to open up the pathway to freedom to like, and when I say freedom, I mean, inner freedom. I yes. mean, like, oh, now we don't have these packs, these vows, these curses that are kind of, and when I say curses, I don't mean like, you know, your typical sort of like a witch cursed you. Yeah. Um, it's just taking on people's anger and to all those things. And so we clear all of that. And then your guides or angels or whatever, give us steps forward. Um, it's pretty, I, I did one right before this, that was a woman in the States and, and um, super transformational. This, the, it's some of the most transformational work that I've experienced personally. So I got certified, of course, because I'm a practitioner. <laughs> <laughs> I have a million, million certifications of all different things, functional medicine, all this stuff. But this stuff I, is what we need these days. We need to be doing that deeper work so that we're clearing out the energetic gunk. Yes. Um, and so Akashic Records readings, you know, people are like, oh, I, I love psychic readings. It's not quite the same thing. Um, it, it, it's, it's similar, but it's really about your soul's journey and, and all the thoughts, the emotions, everything that you've ever gone through in every lifetime. And we tap into the ones that are more relevant to like the situations that you're in now, clear that and get you next steps. Um, it's really profound. Work. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah it's funny how you said you were, wait, you were waiting for me to ask. I was waiting I for you to expand on it. <laughs> I should have. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, she said it three times now, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's cool stuff. I didn't know what it was until, like, I, I knew I had heard the word, but mm. I started to um, really research it, and it was, oh, man, this, the, the work is really, it's really beautiful. It's, it's yeah, it, it's, um, everyone can use it. I honestly think that the, these readings are they're amazing it's definitely definitely interesting yeah my curiosity uh-huh it usually <laughs> does it usually does it did for me nice um, well yeah. I, I have i have your website i have a couple of your social media links in the uh, d description so when this uploads to all the podcasts um sites it'll all be there so but i want you to give me give me a final word you know to someone out there you can you can speak direct directly to to a mom i don't want to exclude the, exclude the dads but just to speak to someone who's lost a child and just some words of advice for them be gentle with yourself be loving compassionate 
and and put that onto you first um so that so that you can yeah so that you can heal so now you said earlier too that in the beginning you kind of felt some guilt how how did you work through that <sighs> i don't i i'm not alone with that guilt i think every mom who has lost a child no matter how feels like we've failed our biological um purpose um i could be wrong but i don't think i am um, and so I did a lot of subconscious healing work, um, a lot. I mean, I can name all the things that I did. Aroma Freedom Technique was one of the things that I used. Um, I did the Purpose Project, which, which was this coaching program, um, released a lot of energetic, um, yeah, the guilt, the guilt was, it, it was killing me. It was killing me. Um, and just developing and generating uh, love physically for myself. Um, using Dr. Sue Mortar stuff. So I did a, so much stuff. I mean, there's there it's it's not an overnight thing. This it's a it's a healing journey. The guilt is a big it, it's a big toxic piece that that I think needs to be addressed at the beginning. Um, so find someone who a therapist. I saw my I saw my my um, I had a great therapist as well. Um, but that wasn't the thing that helped me the most. Um, it can for a lot of people, but it wasn't for me. Um, it was the subconscious work, like really clearing those those the 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 beliefs that I was somehow responsible. Okay. So this is actually one of my, my fitness clients. And she just told me yesterday that she lost three children oh. and she has a lot of guilt. Like, yeah. What do you, what do you have for her? Oh my goodness. I, well, that was, that was why I, 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 I um, hired my Akasha guide because I knew there was some deeper, deeper wounds that were there and I mean, my wounds were like, they were lifetimes and lifetimes of these types of experiences and being hard on myself. So I think it really starts with um, making a choice to be, to be kind to yourself and to allow yourself to find the right, the right guide. She probably needs a grief guide. That's one of the things that, that I started doing is, is um, and that other, there's, there's other guides out there as well. And it's really just, guides are just there to remind you of your divinity. You know, my son said to me once and when after he died, I could hear him, I could hear his angelic words say to me, it's time to claim your worth for you are an extension of the divine. And I thought, and it's like he had his hand on my shoulder. It was right after he died. And I was like, because we feel guilty when we don't feel, we feel like we're not worthy as a mother, right? It's, 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 it's so deep and big and heavy. And so I started to listen to that. I'm an extension of the divine. People die, people dying is not in our control unless we actually take someone's life. Um, it's not in our control. And so the compassion for ourself, it starts with compassion for self and a daily practice of that. All right. Mona, I hope you're not mad at me for sharing that, but I figured that this was a great opportunity for you to hear from someone who has gone through it and who deals, who deals with this on a daily basis. So yeah. th thank you for taking that to give her those words of wisdom. Of course. So much love, so much love to her. Oh my God. Yeah, no. Why? How do we? How, how do we end after that? I know. I don't even know. <laughs> like, do we? <laughs> oh, good. So, in probably in three, two or three weeks, I'm going to be doing an all star panel, which uh, if, if if it aligns with your with your date, 
with your dates, I will have you have you on if you want to come back. I usually pick a topic that, you know, well, I pick the people first and then I find something in common that everyone has. We'll pick a common theme and we'll go through and give our, our perspectives on each of the topics. Love so it. If, uh, if you're interested, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll make note here. Definitely. Piano. Okay. Okay. I have Lona's, I have Lona's blessing. She said, not at all. Glad you said something. Thank you. Mm. My pleasure. Mm. My pleasure. All right. So thank you very much for taking the time to join me on this. Uh, what the heck is today? This Thursday morning slash afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so um, don't sign out yet. Cause uh, I just want to go over a couple things with you and um, that's about it. So any, anything else you want to add before we go? No, thank you for having me on. It was right. lovely, lovely chat. Awesome. All right. I'll see you in a minute. Okay. All right. So if you tuned in late and you've gone through any type of grief, make sure you go back to the beginning, watch the entire thing. So it was a great discussion on this topic about taking care of your physical body while you're going through grief. And I will be back again on Tuesday. So my next 12 guests, actually, I think it's more than, I think it's like my next 30 guests are all women. So we're showcasing the women. I figure my audience is 68% women. So for the next probably six to eight weeks, I'm going to have all female guests. So um, stay tuned. And again, if you're brand new, you stayed all the way through. I, I appreciate it. Again, like and share. Help us spread the word. And that's about it. Have yourselves a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Until next time, shut up and grind.